0: Rich. Yo, Paul. I'm Paul Ford. Rich the And we're here. We are. Track Change is the official podcast of Postlight, a product studio in New York City. Yes, we are. And today we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. The first thing we're going to talk about is your letters. We get your letters. I love that we still call them letters. Letters. <laughs> it's just an email. People write us emails to contact at postlight.com. Letters Letters, and then we try to think about them and reply to them We do We don't reply to all of them because we can't, because there's lots, but let's pick a couple Yeah, let's go All right. so Hi Should we use voices? (laughs) No, that's not nice (laughs) I'll be one, I'll be one uh, I'll be Brendan Okay, go I'm Brendan, hi, my name is Brendan, we don't know Brendan's last name Hi Brendan I was curious to hear more about Rich's comparison of small teams of software developers to architects' offices, wherein he says that if you walk into an architect's office and say, play around a little, I need this to be better, it's going to be very open-ended sort of enterprise, and you can't be sure that anything good will come of it. Is this to illustrate the uneasiness of the architect or the client? Because I'm an architect, and if a client came in and said, play around, early on in the design process, we would be thrilled. First of all, do you remember what you were talking about with architects' offices?
1: I use this Analogy a lot actually. Ah, Um, I I don't remember the context. I'll I'll confess. First off, I don't want to represent that I know exactly how the rapport goes between a client and an architect, a traditional architect. I'm sure they may tell an architecture firm uh, or a team at an architecture firm to play around. No, I mean Uh, there's a real blueprint for that kind of communication. Oh, what I was getting at was that the architect eventually will need to firm up and come up with a level of detail and that there is an assumption that that detail will not change very much.
0: Because you can't build a skyscraper and say, you know what, let's make it. The escalator would really look great on this other side. You can change things like color. You might be able to change some materials. That happens a lot like I don't I want this to be, you sure. know, like this kind of marble instead of this kind of marble. Sure. But structural things, those elemental things, you can't fool with
1: those at all. You can't fool with those and frankly, you don't really want to fool with those. Usually it is the aesthetics that people have an opinion about. Now, the comparison to software was what I was trying to get at is that it is the artifact that comes out of the process. It's so wide open and so difficult to really... You're creating something that others are going to interact with and their interactions with the thing will make or break it. It'll either fail or succeed Give me based an example. on engagement. This is so abstract. we got to help the people. Yeah. Um, so let's say I'm going to make a new kind of commerce... Application where you just put in your mood, okay, and a little grumpy today, a little yep. grumpy, and it'll okay. actually th- search through products that fit your mood, so that you're not searching for blue pants. You're say, you're saying I'm grumpy. I want my and grumpy it'll, pants. And it'll show you an umbrella, whatever. Right. No, so this liter- is an idea. Literally, I'm a big grumpy pants today. I'm That's, a big grumpy yeah. pants today. No, des- no product designer should say, okay, got it. They disappear for three weeks, and they come back with an exact, full, detailed blueprint of what they're going to build. Of the for Grumpy you. Pants API platform. Terrible mistake. Terrible. Why, wait, mistake. why is that a bad mistake? Because there, ha- there is no way to conclude at that moment, which is at the idea phase, that what you've you didn't solve a problem here. It's essentially it's an exploration to a large extent. Mm-hmm. So what you really should be doing is sort of creating lower impact representations of the thing that you can test and play with and see visually and just get a first-person perspective okay, around. Okay, so
0: I come and eat. First of all, mood-based shopping, it should happen. Now that you've said it out loud. Like it's I wanna, a
1: free idea what would it, available to the world. What
0: would it be like? I mean, what would happen? You'd, you'd say, I'm grumpy today. My worry is that it would just give you, like, in the same way that I go into Shutterstock, yeah, and I have these very obvious ideas, like design, and then there's the same thing show up for design you'd exactly expect. Like, yeah. Shutterstock probably has thirty or 40,000. This is a stock photography service that we use for the newsletter. It's very nice. And it, but it probably has thirty or 40,000 light bulbs, yeah, you know, like yeah, to yeah, indicate yeah. ideas. Lots there's stuff. a lot of that. What I love too, actually, and just a quick digression, is that there's also this thing going where people will just basically superimpose words into really ridiculous scenarios. So it'll mm. be like blockchain and then they'll just be lightning yeah, and then it'll be like <laughs> innovation and it's yeah. the exact
1: same lightning. That's That could just be a gallery right there. Yeah. And then.
0: That's the yeah. thing they have. They, they're like, we have 20 million images and you're like, but you could actually only have one image and yeah. then like 19 yeah. million. Anyway. Okay, so I kind of am like, I want mood-based stuff. Go ahead and build it for me. And I'm worried that it would be like Shutterstock, where the first word you type in "grumpy" suddenly just shows you things that have the word "grumpy" and it like does a keyword match. Yeah, and that's the problem with Shutterstock. Like, if I just do the word, if it's like, you need to think a little harder and come up with related concepts that connect. Correct.
1: Really, what I was getting at was that getting software right is hard, and The cost of change increases as you go further and further down the process of designing and building something. So if you do decide decide that that was a bad move, and it's really late in the game and they've built everything, it's very costly to sort of pull the machinery out, move the wires around, move everything around, and try again. So you really, the more you can test and play, uh, the better off you're going to be. Any product shop that tells you, we know exactly what you want, see you in three months, and doesn't have that dialogue with you, the risk is a lot higher. You know, Mind you, there are, there are solved problems, like commerce and... Sure, I'm going to give you my credit card. You don't want to yeah, reinvent that. You don't wanna, actually, yeah, you should actually lean on those conventions, if anything. But very often, it's an idea, and it's this sort of new terrain. And nobody should take a pencil out, sketch it out, and say, yep, here it is. Go build it. You want to know the fundamental paradox of our industry?
0: I do, actually. It's I do want to know this. The best way to cut risk is to play. Yeah. And yep. it's incredibly difficult. Most agencies, most product design studios, whatever, when you're you're doing your sales process and you can't go in there and say, I need you to give me a huge amount of money so that I can let these well-educated, bright people go off and have fun on your dime. Yep. Because exactly. this is what they love to do. They want to obsess about this problem. They would do it for free. Sure. But they happen to be with us and we pay them. Yeah. And we're going to let them go away for like a couple weeks and just like, there might be a day where they don't do a damn thing. Yep. They're just going to be looking at the, look kind of out for a walk. We, you know, our, one of our developers, um, likes to go through a walk through the park every morning and then you know, talk to the woods, talk, actually. talk to the deer in Tennessee. Uh, that
1: I can't confirm, but he does go through the woods. I may not talk to the deer, but yeah, you're but like, making a great point. I mean, look, when you pitch, by the way, when you're like, okay, give me a proposal, Rich. And then we draft this proposal. If I put a phase in there that says, our team is going to play, that's scary, right? It's, you've well, got an idea and you've decided with, to take like, the leap and spend money on that idea. And t- exactly. They it's, dress it up with ideation. Right. Stuff like design that. iterations. But
0: really or, what you're asking people to do is say, here's a risky scenario. Okay. Here's a problem that's expensive and difficult. Mm-hmm. And no one's been able to come up with an optimal solution that we've identified that we can just copy. Correct. So can you go off... And pretend. Can you go into a world of make-believe and... Create this problem in a little, like, constrained, you know, like, magical way. Make it real. Yeah, and then see if you can, like, get
1: from the playful silliness to something real. To something viable. And look, Brendan ends it with a great point, which is, like, if someone came... I I work in an architecture firm. If someone came to me and said, play, we'd be thrilled. And it's true. You really would be thrilled. And it does happen. Sometimes it is a partnership where the client isn't just saying here's exactly what I want, here's this grid paper, and just do this. Usually that's someone who comes out of your
0: industry, right? Like That's, some, that's like the architect who started a general con- contracting firm and now is like this big thing that they have to yeah. do. They're going to come back.
1: It's very concrete. And they're going and yeah. and to be
0: like, guys, I understand, like just literally. But the, here's the problem, right? Are there any worse words for anyone in a client service business of any kind to hear than
1: have fun with it? It's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous That never is a good thing. Yeah.
0: Right. And that's really tricky. It's a, you would have to, from our point of view, you would have to convince me that you have a lot of domain knowledge before I would hear the words, have fun with it and go, they really want me to have fun with
1: it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just rare. It's rare. I mean, you have to A, have that relationship with that, like rarely, I mean, you're, what we're trying to do in a broad sense is build that reputation that, Hey, if I give these guys the keys and tell them, take me there, they'll take me there. Right. And there's an, impo- and that, that exists for like certain high, high end brain, like pentagram is that for brand.
0: That's right. I'm going to go there. I'm going to say, right. I need a logo and they might go out and do all this research and put all these pictures
1: together. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you, you know, they've gotten there before. Exactly. They've they built that reputation. They know the right? route. Exactly. And we would love to, and we are, we are quickly sprinting towards building that sort of reputation where we're truly, we're a design partner. We're a, we think and sort of process the problems with you rather than just, to your term, a general contractor where it's like, I know exactly what I want. Just please just go do this. Well, the tricky thing here too, Ray, right, is that we- Don't are, get me wrong. We do that kind of work, but we, we yeah. would I mean, be thrilled- and the teams would be thrilled if we were asked to sort of just, hey, here's the blue sky.
0: We've had year, a we, challenge. We've had challenges to do projects like that and, and they've gone well. But what I've noticed is that the amount of communication when somebody says, go for it, yeah. see what you can come up with. Yeah. The amount of communication necessarily, necessary triples or quadruples because suddenly they're making a different kind of bet. And it's mm-hmm. almost like, we fall back on me a little bit as a technical communicator, someone who can write well, because I can explain like these guys are over here and it looks like they're playing or it looks like they're not checking in too much code right now, but this is going to accelerate here. This is going to move here. Yeah. This is going to happen it's f- here. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, there's all these give and takes and it's, it's really, I think being in client service, you start to become very aware of how you look to others. And it's been interesting for me in the last year of this company because I'm suddenly way more aware of how engineering looks, how design looks, how product management looks when someone from outside of these industries looks in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I was already pretty aware. Like, I mean, it's what I write about. But it was just like, it,
1: it just looks like a lot of risk, it is a lot of risk, and, yeah. the, and and we've had conversations with prospects where we've told people that's too risky. And you know, as a shop, you know, you want to somehow steer people towards business, towards you know. Yeah, but we lose our reputation if we stop shipping. Exactly. I so mean, we have we, had the, we've had many conversations where it's just pretty much advice. It's, it's not, not like, just reputation too. We also lose
0: employees if yeah. people aren't satisfied putting stuff across the, over the line. Yeah, because that's
1: the only thing that you really do. Like, right. if you nobody wants to work on something for eighteen True. months and then watch it go away. Absolutely. So, so Brendan, thank you for your question. It's a, it's an excellent one, and uh, it's a, really a clarification. So, we're gonna read another question. Should
0: I read it it's from? Uh, it's
1: either from Noel
0: mm-hmm. or
1: Noel. Oh, they've got the the two dots over the e. It's an umlaut over the e. It's two oh, dots. Oh, yeah. look at look at the English major now. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. Should I read it? Just go for it. Hi, Paul and Rich. I'm struggling and have been struggling with the phenomenon I call the Facebook event horizon. And I thought it was just the sort of thing you both would have opinions on and maybe even want to dabble in a solution for. In short, the Facebook event horizon is the point at which you've locked so much content into one social media platform that extracting yourself and your content from that platform requires increasing amounts of energy and effort until you despair and have to abandon the last 10 years or more of your online life in a drunken midnight point of no return. Delete account! Catastrophe. I understand why Facebook doesn't have a WordPress equivalent of export content. It wants to lock you in. What I don't understand is why no one else has created an app or plugin or a service that can extract all your content in an e- easily manageable interface so that you can easily go through and figure out what post links, photos, et cetera, that you want to save and trash the rest. I'm assuming it's very difficult
1: to build it. It's not difficult. <laughs> That's the reality. Um, Facebook has... Some really lovely APIs, and, and Facebook's output to the screen is quite predictable, and there are some very visible patterns. So it's actually not difficult. Well, you know who's good at this, actively good, is Google. <laughs> Extracting that Google content? Google
0: takeout is really good. You can go get all your email and download it in one zip file right
1: now. Uh, you know, and look, hats off to Google for providing that power and control. Noel, Noel, it's not difficult, technically, What is at play here is, I think, the commercial interests of Facebook. And having a tool that is, you know, $399 in the App Store that allows you to hit a button and see a nice export utility kick in would definitely take a lot of power and a lot of influence away from Facebook. So it is not a technical challenge. It is a, uh, Facebook has a particular commercial interest in I think not in a, letting that happen.
0: I mean, you can actually get all of your uh, connections out of LinkedIn in a comma separated value file.
1: Is that true? Yeah, yeah, you can get everybody. Hundreds of people I've never met and probably will never meet, I can get in a CSV.
0: I've done it. it. I did it when we started the company so that I, we could uh, make a mailing list. Well, oh, interesting, yeah, so that actually, you know, as much as we rag on LinkedIn, and I should point out by the way that uh, recently there's a bug I love to complain about about LinkedIn where they uh, have a the same person and I could never actually make the connection with that person. they fixed it. Oh, they fixed it. That's something very sweet of them. something triggered. Uh, that change. So, I mean, but here's the thing, Rich, you have not just all your friends on Facebook. I think they would be pretty trivial for you your life. Well, it's also Photo your life. Yeah, exactly. And there's you know. no, even once you downloaded it, you can't do anything with it. Now I think
1: you should be able to. I mean, you have to say, Hey, take my photos out and put them into an album or yeah. take my posts out and put them into a document there's a lot of things they can this do This is the, the, thing. the point a is, bit is that like, technically if, it's not challenging imagine if gmail was
0: one side over here are um is the mm-hmm. gmail images product where all the images that people email each other live and mm-hmm. over here is the gmail chat product you know and on and on so it's like imagine if, if gmail instead of like sending you emails sent you had all the parts of the emails in separate products mm-hmm. and they were all kind of linked together
1: i'm sure there are probably tools that do that it'd be sure hard clients that do that.
0: It would be hard to pull it out. I mean this is where a really nice well-known things like the email message format that's been around for 20, 30 years are pretty great.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I, I don't mean to go back to sort of the latent intentions of corporations, but I think the reason Google is cool with it is because this is not core to Google's business. Gmail is a pay service. They're they're doing very well, but it's it's part of the offering is control over your information, especially for businesses. As far as Facebook. concerned... Most people don't pay for Gmail, though. I um, In any case, it's yeah. not core to... Go- like, if you look no. at Google's quarterly earnings, you know, this Gmail is, a good point. This is, a good is point. not core. It's not their oxygen. Everybody... Um, for Facebook, it is exactly that.
0: Yeah, I'm praising Google, but at the same time, every time there's been an API to actually directly address and work with their search engine... It just gets taken away that's, from you. That's the jewel, right? And that's the, the crown jewel. That's the whole story of, mm-hmm. of Twitter. Right? You can go get your archive from Twitter, no problem. Right. But it's very hard to build an
1: API client that hits it more than you know. Right. Ten times they every. Need to control 15 the experience, minutes. these are publicly traded companies. In fact, it's not that they're sort of sitting there, sinister, you know, with a sinister plan. They have an obligation, in fact, to not. Uh, jeopardize and marginalize their core value that makes them all this money. It is a little uh, tricky, though, make because money.
0: I mean, so much of your life value is locked up in Facebook.
1: It's deeply personal, right? I mean, it, that's where we are now, right? I mean, people—I don't know if they go elsewhere. You know I think what it's they're there.
0: You know what they're saying, and, and by there, I mean Union Square Ventures and and Fred Wilson in in his blog posts about this. What they're saying that there's going to come a revolution in protocol design like think about email as a protocol right and that the blockchain all that bitcoin stuff is going to allow people to create new kinds of protocol for information exchange that have a little bit of currency and scarcity built in so that if you were to build your api client on top of like let's say a blockchain style twitter one that was not built on just like hey here's a here's a little bit of internet do you want it but rather like hey i'm going to give you these tweets and they're authenticated this way, and it's going to cost you this much to access them, if that stuff was kind of all built into the protocol, mm-hmm. that you'd have this sort of tremendous impetus for more protocols and more kinds of exchange like this to, to be created, and that there would be uh, money built in, in that kind of weird Bitcoin way.
1: Meaning to get at that information you pay.
0: You pay, yeah, you pay, probably you would pay some real money into the system, but yeah. that it would basically, it'd be yeah. built in. I
1: gotta say, I mean, for Facebook, it's not for sale. I would say I would never, I don't think I'd ever put it for sale, even if you're willing to pay. If you if you were Facebook. Yeah. You would just never.
0: No. If, even if I was like, can I have $50 to download all of my data? Yeah. It's not worth it. Interesting. Yeah. Would you ever, would you pay for
1: Facebook? Um, but Maybe. Possibly. I think that would be I like seeing my cousin's pictures Yeah, in San Diego. They don't know how to make sushi in San Diego, by the way. It's weird. Tell me about that. It's just, it's kind of bulky and there's a lot of sauces. They have really good fish. I mean, they're 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 beautiful fish. fish. I just don't know if they call it sushi, but it's just sort of, I don't want to judge. You don't want to judge? (laughs) Thank you, Noel, (laughs) for that question. Okay. So that was,
0: that was some good Q and A. We're sorry we can't get to everyone, but, mm-hmm. but those were good good questions.
1: So we should talk a little bit about, because we like to talk about the business we're building. Yeah. We're well, let's set it up, though. Let's set it up. You ever see, like, in James Bond, the movie doesn't start? The Once credits don't it does come in? start eventually. There's an opening scene yeah. where he's hanging out of a plane or whatever. Oh, yeah,
0: no, they always... I, and then I'm go, I'm sure da-na! It probably has a really annoying name that is only James Bond specific. Like, what you is know, that? Where know, you the pre, fidget,
1: the, pre, the pre-Guffin. the Pre-graphics. Yeah. The, it's, it's a thing. The pri- like, the title prior. I don't know. It's a, yeah. There's probably some name for it. So maybe we could do that for this next bit we're going to talk about. All right. What do you want to do? Uh, let's just to set it up. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm just trying to be. No. Yeah. Um. So we like are a, an agency. Yeah. And we started in a very unusual way because we did not start as four people or three people. We Postlight, we're talking as, about Postlight, the product shop consultancy. Here we in were City. born thirty-five pounds. We were a large baby. We were, we were very a large baby. We were born thirty to thirty people. people. We yep. were thirty some odd people. Yep. And so we felt enormous, an enormous challenge in front of us to staff those people, um, so that. Revenue could start coming into the business so that it could be a viable, healthy business that can then spread its wings. And you and I just go. sat down and we we're
0: like, Well, we gotta sell. And there are two things that you we and gotta I, sell. As co founders, there's there's sort of three things we do. We we set the overall strategy for the company so that other people can uh, know what they're doing. We recruit when we can and we help people, uh, Mm -hmm. we help everyone else in the organization recruit Yep, and we sell services. And I'd say an enormous
1: amount of our time in the last year has been selling selling services. Yes, And when we would land opportunities and that business would come in, we would staff people. That's right. And so what didn't we do? What didn't we mature into? A lot of the stuff that you walk around for six months talking about. Correct. Like you know, you know when we get this thing going. Like we didn't, we didn't write a business plan. We didn't write a business plan. We didn't talk about what the place represented. I mean, there, we've talked a lot. So there's a lot of well, we leaned
0: of... very heavily. I have a lot of client service experience, and you ran a business along this rough template. Correct. It's a different different company than Correct. the one that you used to have, but you Correct. founded an agency before. Correct. So we really, we really fell back on like. The idea that even though there wasn't a written constitution, we could have an effective governance. Correct. Yeah.
1: And a lot of our outlook was very short term, which was get business, staff people, make some money, put the money away so that you can survive as a business and thrive as a business and keep going.
0: I would say for the first six to nine months, we had what I would call like a three month outlook.
1: Three month outlook, but it's been it's extending now. It is and, now, but for a while, if it
0: was yep. May, you were looking at you know June, July. You were kind of thinking like, let's
1: get through to August. Correct, and quite I use this word a lot. Reactive, right? So. It's like, whoa, I think we may land this one. And if we do, we're going to need five people. So let's get going. And so, people need to understand, too, like the goals of a business like this, you want to have
0: three or four months of salary in the bank. You want to have... Yeah, you, know, you, you there's like a not
1: be in a, in a sort of harried state. You know, the, the, the visual I keep thinking of is that, that Lucille Ball... The I Love Lucy episode where she the chocolates are passing yeah, by. Yeah, that's right. And she can't wrap them fast enough, so she starts stuffing her face and stuffing them down her shirt, and it's just she's losing control. That's us. It's not getting, a healthy place. That's us getting clients. That's us. Uh, I mean, honestly, doing well enough. I mean, this right. you know, there's the classic good problem to have. Right. But now, as as we've sort of turned a corner to some extent and have a little bit of daylight. Uh, we're finding that you know this isn't a way to run a business. That's not a long term perspective. Can I make for an business? observation
0: though, which is that like good problem to have, which is sort of that happens. Like we're we're doing better, and we're doing quite well in a lot of ways. And you go like, well, it's a good problem to have. I find problems of growth. To be more challenging than things are contracting, let's like beat the Calm bushes down. and get some business in here. Like that was actually, at some that, level,
1: I think is correct. It gets more complicated. Yeah, because I think that's right.
0: Because suddenly you're you're thinking broader and longer term, and there are, you know, when when we had a couple of lean months and we were out there just selling, that was very clarifying. It was one goal. <laughs> yeah, and it was also <laughs> go like, do it. We kind of just were like, well, the home fires are going to keep themselves lit. Right. We'll do the best we can. Yep. And that was that was as good as we could do, and it was good enough. And now we're in a position
1: where we're able to go like, all right, what are the next I think five right. years look like? That's right. So not only what are the next five years, like? what do we represent? Right. So when we're recruiting and we've gone through five or six conversations with someone, they're not just thinking oh, this seems like a cool place. They're thinking, I want to be a part of a place that represents these values and aspires to be this. And I think this is the thing about starting a
0: company as, like, we're just both a little older. And so we assume that people will align their lives with us, not that they will come in and immediately absorb our mission and live the dream. That's what startups do. Startups are like, you're going to come in and we need about 70% of your personality. Mm -hmm. You need to live it and breathe it. And we have... You know, if you'll notice, like, we have moms and dads and we have people who are, like, their identities are... The thing that I always say is, like, I'm going to need, like, 5%, maybe 10% of your personality on a, on a big day. Yeah. But the rest is yours. Like, I might need you to go into a meeting and just be like... <laughs> Talk about post be into it, yeah. you know, enthusiastic yeah. and, you know, hand people a business card with the logo on it. Like you need yeah. to give us that much. Correct. But the rest of it, like if you want to go home and get really into Game of Thrones and you go know, or you're just, whatever you want to do, that's your life too.
1: Yeah. And, and, and there's no doubt that, you know, we want to talk about people we're trying to recruit, sharing those values is important, but also the people that are already in the place to... Provide a particular direction and a particular path that represents them personally. Like I'm not going to assume that I'm, you know, Jane, employee twenty six. We do to be named Jane right now. We so don't. Yeah. Is going to internalize and become an evangelist for what Postlight is. Well, what what I-, I do want Jane to be able to do is take that broader mission and translate it into something that she values personally for herself. But this is the thing we're asking. Professionally.
0: Ask, we're t- we want to give people an environment that they can... We want people to find us, and if they identify with us, we want yeah. them to come in.
1: We want them to come in, and if they're already in, we want them to see, not think, okay, I'm off this gig in November, and then they'll probably put me on another gig. That's, that's not, not sustainable. It's, that's not sustainable. You have to... I mean, wh- where do you want to go professionally? Where uh, do you see yourself relative to others? Do you want to lead? Do you want to build a particular set of skills? Do you want to make sure that you get this out of it what do you want out of it also it's like yeah okay we pay you a salary and you get benefits but what like for some I get it like they want to be here for three years and they want to get X Y and B and C out of it and then they want to go and do a thing well what happens is and they, I respect
0: that they're going to make a decision at that point yeah they're gonna go like you know what I gave it those three years I said yeah. I would give it yeah and now I got I gotta decide if it's gonna be right for me to stay or if I should go do Correct. this other thing what I, I want to but what we want is for people to make the that decision feeling that, like, sort of good about the basics. Like, well, they treated me with respect and I was able to do good work here. I'm proud of the work I did. And now I'm going to figure out my next thing.
1: Yeah. I have a friend who works for a small, about 40-person architecture firm. And the firm, which I'm not going to say the name, gained its reputation because of its founder. There is Mm -hmm. no partnership. It's one person. And he is internationally acclaimed. Mm -hmm. And he has young architecture school students working for him because he has all these projects going on. And he has no interest in building a partnership. But beyond that, he has no interest in really providing a path for the people. He's already done the math. He gets a 21-year-old who's willing to do 70 hours a week right out of architecture school because he knows that that 21-year-old wants this architecture firm on their resume. Mm -hmm. Okay. He also knows that at around 24 25 they're going to get frustrated and angry and exhausted and leave. Mm-hmm. And he's actually figured out the formula to just churn through young people. Sure. He's not and interested. I'm sure there
0: are like the there are certain ones where they figure out it's in their best interest to stick around. Some. They don't burn out. The they, they they get a big raise, and yep. then they stick around.
1: Not only that. Law firms are like this a lot. Law firms are like this. They they sort of churn through people. Yeah. Not only that, he's actually supportive. He knows the best ones are going to leave sooner. He knows the really talented ones are going to fish around. And he actually builds relationships with them such that he almost becomes like a career mentor sure. as they exit his firm. Sure. So he's already decided that... That his
0: shop is his. Well, this is also like the McKinsey thing, which is you're kind of up and out, but then there's an alumni network that's gonna bring McKinsey business. Right, right. And you get McKinsey on your resume, like they formalized it right. to the point that it's like a cultural
1: thing. It's- my my cousin was a, a consultant, a management consultant for Booz Allen for a couple of years, and they were sending him to the most difficult places to do work. Mm-hmm. And they sort of knew that within 18 months it was greater than 50% chance he was gonna leave. And he left. And they were in a way, Booz just decided, hey, this is the math. We just have to go back to Columbia and the you know, the Ivy League schools and get new people and well, just keep churning through because nobody wants to be stationed in particular countries where it's a pain in the ass. I cetera, don't know how big they
0: are, but I'm gonna guess it's at least like twenty thousand people, right?
1: Like it really is at the at the highest levels. Yeah. And, it and is Paul, math. I haven't talked to you about this, so we should probably talk it out, but I don't want that architecture for a model. As part of my organization, so, I actually want to cultivate leadership. I want to give people a path where they're feeling connected to the success of a place rather than sort of chewing them up and spitting them out and getting more people. No, uh, I, agree. I think it's Do a, you it's, agree, Paul? I we should, let's, let's get this out there now. I absolutely agree. I think that, <laughs> so it's been a real lesson for me actually
0: in that the last year, cause I've never been in charge of an agency or studio before. Right. And it's been a real lesson for me to figure out how not having something, not having things in place is not a failure, that there's progress for an institution. And I think what I, what I get is a lot of people, I have a lot of people in my ear because I have a certain cultural role and I have a lot of, you know, I'll go out for coffee with somebody mm-hmm. and they'll be like, how come you don't have X, Y and Z? And I'll be like, because we don't have it yet. Like yeah. we, we just haven't... We're it's, still forming. We're I mean, still forming. We're sort
1: of backfilling in a
0: way. But I feel that there is a kind of consumer model for institutions, for how people see organizations mm-hmm. that has emerged. And that, that I'm very suspicious of. I am suspicious of crossing things off the list because we need to give things time. Yeah. But at the same time, it's definitely this last year and these last few months, as we started to take a breath, look at the business ahead of us, we've started getting more advice. Yep. I, mean, I don't know if you've noticed it, but we both have. We both go out, we talk to people sure. um, of course. who, you know, I've been calling my, my brother more often because he's a senior HR exec and right. just like getting him to tell me about certain mm-hmm. things at his scale. And, I've and- been talking to the, uh, the uh, Slack bot. Yeah, I talked to that one, too. i about hey, to take it forward. But what do I do? What do I do? Sometimes they make ridiculous spreadsheets. Yeah. But it is time to, we're, we're hitting a point where we can codify what we want to be. Yeah. You know, we're drafting a mission statement. Now, what's funny
1: is we started to do We this. finally got to the mission statement. So this was the pre-intro James Bond scene. Yeah. It ran a little long. What is a mission statement? Define it. Paul Ford well
0: see this is the thing typically a mission statement is kind of useless it's like a statement of our values and so on but it's it's very cookie cutter and we, so we had a couple of drafts where we're like yeah. this is nonsense so I've been taking it and kind of working on it, and it's, it's very, very hard. Like a typical mission statement is is like, we stand by our values and our people. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, that sounds great. Yeah. And what I wanted the mission statement to be is a little more constitutional, a little more like rules. We, so one of the things. Guidelines. We, I mean, and this is really, maybe this is kind of what we talk about here. One of the things that we've been talking a lot about is, I, w- I wouldn't call what we have now, except in some cases, a mentorship culture.
1: Yeah. Well, you're being kind. It's an incredibly talented group of people. There's not much structure in place to mentor others. That's right. And so the tricky thing is what
0: you want to do with the mission statement is say, you know what, we are a mentorship-driven culture because that sounds and feels really good. Like, let's, let's get out of this box where we're, yeah. we're just bringing in only the that's most a de- talented that's a people. big statement. That's right. Except then you start to back that out yeah. and you're like, well, are well, we? what, what does that doing? even mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mentorship, all this stuff is, is, there's like five or six things that we're putting in it, right? Yep. And so this week, we're going to go in and, and the, what I want, what I'm hoping is that we present this mission statement to the people in the company, and that they give us feedback, and that we start to see over the next week or two, someone take some ownership, you know, and people take ownership and start to say, yes, that does represent me. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stop now, yeah. we're going to come back in a couple weeks, share the mission statement itself, not just talk about it, yeah, and tell you how it went in the
1: company. I think that's a great idea.
0: All right, let's do that. All right. So this is Track Changes. I'm Paul Ford. Rich Ciotti. If you need to get in touch with us about anything, contact at postlate.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Have a great week, Paul. All right, Rich. Let's get back to work.